0: Hello, Hello, horror, horror fanatics. fanatics. I'm Frank.
1: And I'm Jen, and we welcome you to our weekly podcast. Oh! oh the the horror. horror!
0: Thank you for joining us as we dive deep into all things horror, supernatural, scary, and downright creepy.
1: If you like what you hear, Rate, review and subscribe to add us to your regular rotation of podcasts.
0: You can also submit any ideas, comments, and suggestions to our email address at OTH at seriouslydecent.com. You can check out our whole back catalog and our uh, our whatnots at our
1: what's website at O oh,
0: The Horror oh, No,
1: watchamacallits. Yep. Can't find them anywhere.
0: Little under the weather.
1: Well, it is November. But,
0: uh, yeah, we so. have to, I have to dis, uh, throw a disclaimer out to everybody. that That's in it for the long haul. Every November, I get the flu.
1: You're going to get nasal, Frank.
0: I got it early this year.
1: You did. Well, you're just getting it out of the way. Mm-hmm. Because you want to thoroughly enjoy Thanksgiving.
0: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Last year, uh, yeah, Thanksgiving got thrown to the ropes.
1: It did. It did. It was uh, yeah different.
0: So there'll be some throat clearing and and whatnot. Actually, you know what? I should get some cough drops.
1: Shall I get them for you? Some if you don't, right here. Yeah, if you don't
0: mind. The okay. miracle of editing will take will take this long. They'll closet. never know. Well, maybe we'll let them know we get the cough drops, but just plop them down there. Yeah. Thanks, babe.
1: So welcome. <laughs>
0: Yeah, it was a good time to get the flu, as always. I'm a lot better than I was uh, a couple days ago. Yeah. I was in rough shape. Had to even take off from work, which I know they weren't too thrilled about, but they didn't want this on their doorstep.
1: Nobody wants that on their doorstep. Well, the
0: doctor even said- It's
1: on my doorstep, and I don't want it on my doorstep. (laughs) The doctor
0: even said, he goes, I'm not letting you go back to work. He goes, because I'm tired of people coming in here, like yourself, getting COVID tests that don't have COVID. Yeah, you just got the flu. Yep. Goes, so you can stop spreading the flu by staying home.
1: Ta-da! Because
0: like, we're busy enough. I'm like, it works for Fair. me, Doc.
1: Fair enough.
0: You're my hero.
1: <laughs> Not all heroes wear games.
0: No. Our heroes <laughs> lately wear lab coats and, uh, and scrubs. True story. Yes. Yes, they do. However, I've updated my notes here. Sweet. So now I don't have to do it from my phone.
1: That's... That's good.
0: Which is nice. Coronado Island UFO abduction. Yeah. The mass abduction. Yeah. What a good time to have the flu reading this. (laughs) Because pretty much every abductee has flu-like symptoms.
1: Upon their return. Upon their
0: return from the abduction.
1: So, following that logic, every November, they take (laughs) you for a ride.
0: Well, nothing conclusive. But I do have some fuzzy spots in my life where I look back and say, "What the hell happened there?" Mm-hmm. It started as as early as a little kid. We had these bunk beds, and my brother Danny slept on the top one. Mm-hmm. I slept on the bottom because I kept falling out of the bed.
1: Yeah, was, weird. They would put you on the on it, the lower one it, on account of you're falling.
0: Yeah, because the whole gravity thing.
1: Thou <laughs> know. art a heartless bitch. <laughs> well, it's it's
0: it's a hard fall. But the or does way it
1: make you stronger,
0: I, you know, it's a good point. <laughs> I can take a good shot, you know, but the uh, what was weird about this deal was the way my bed was positioned. Like most people, I had my alarm clock next to me. Mm-hmm. And as you're well aware of, and this has never changed, I've always been a stomach or a side sleeper, mm-hmm. never on my back. Mm-hmm. If I, all the times I remember waking up on my back was from surgery Mm-hmm. Coming out of like a uh, a drug induced state.
1: I will say caveat: since you've had your CPAP, mm-hmm. much more likely to be found on your back at some point.
0: Yeah, but that's because of the the headset. Yeah, yeah. it just forces you into that position.
1: Yeah, because of the apparatus.
0: But before that, always a side and yeah. stomach sleeper. So I wake up one time. And I was so confused. First and foremost, I'm on the floor, but Again. I'm but I'm also spun around and I'm staring at my alarm clock.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: It's like a red numbered yeah. digital alarm clock, and I'm staring at that and I'm looking like, why is my clock there?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, and I didn't really get that I was on the floor yet or anything. And then, like coming out of it, I was just like, wait a second, I'm on the floor.
1: I'm what's wrong here. Uh, yeah. The room is intact. It's, the room is fine.
0: Something. I'm
1: wrong. Something went wrong here,
0: you know. And, uh, and I was staring at, I remember just being so lost and so mm-hmm. confused. And, uh, and that just stuck with me for a long time. Mm-hmm. Obviously, 46 still talking about it. Yeah. And I can go back to it, which I've always kind of had that ability to go back to something like I was there. Mm-hmm. um and and that was really weird, and then I had a couple other issues through throughout life that just yeah weird, unexplainable hmm. you know, and it wasn't <laughs> yeah, and it wasn't like if it was drugs or something like that, I'd easily chalk it up to that, I'd be like, oh right. yeah, no, it was the acid or the mushrooms, or you know the nit- insert
1: drug name here, the
0: nitrous you know, or, <laughs> you know yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Insert source, blame it on that um, so yeah, it was weird reading this, having the flu like symptoms,
1: mm mm-hmm.
0: what's really weird about this story is it's a mass abduction, yeah, and no one fucking knows about it. No. If you're in the space, you know about this
1: right, see, I thought I was well versed in uh alien abductions, like I until knew you about start reading about Barney them. and Betty Hill, mm uh-huh. I knew about Travis Walton. I knew about what. Um,
0: those are the home run hitters. You know, um, those are the ones Whitley that,
1: Strieber. They're the
0: ones that made it on TV. Yeah,
1: I, I knew those, but like I didn't know anything about Pascagoula. I yeah. heard about this one on um, BCC.
0: But even like researching Pascagoula now, you can see news clips of where like he's yeah. on TV. Yeah. This is nothing. There's nothing. And, and basically, for those who have no idea what the fuck we're talking about, on March 26, 1994, six adult witnesses were involved in a UFO encounter at the Village Inn in Coronado, California. This encounter is unique not only because of the large number of witnesses, But the fact that there's physical evidence, this is one that actually has physical. So it
1: should also be noted that on the weekend of March 26th and 27th um, in 1994, the Triad Research Conference Foundation, financed by millionaire and real estate magnate Robert Bigelow, hosted a UFO conference. So these were all UFO aficionados at the world famous... Hotel Del Coronado on Coronado Island in San Diego County.
0: So it was a MUFON. Correct. MUFON um, conference. and In
1: attendance were Dr. John Mack from Harvard Medical School Mm -hmm. um, and abduction research pioneer Bud Hopkins from New York
0: Mm -hmm.
1: and Yvonne R. Smith, who is a certified hypnotherapist, and she does the regressions. I should note, she's my source. She wrote a book. Coronado, the president, the Secret Service, and alien abductions. She was the master of ceremonies that week.
0: And I, my source is the Coronado Island UFO incident. Michael J. Uh, by Michael J. Evans and Preston Dennett. Michael J. Evans is actually big in that area of the MUFON network. Yes. Uh, and. He has a a story I'll bring up later into Mm -hmm. how he got into all that.
1: And Bud Hopkins is also a big But
0: Michael J. Evans was one of the abductees and not just one of the abductees. If it wasn't for him speaking out on this, it would have went completely under the radar and Mm -hmm. no one would have ever known it would happen. Yeah. And it's not just me saying that, it's all of them. Right. All of them say that if Michael didn't speak out and pursue what we're going to talk about today... Yes, it just would have never it probably would have never have came up nor to the magnitude that it came.
1: also up. be noted that on that same weekend as the Triad UFO conference was also the weekend President Bill Clinton happened to be staying on the island. Clinton yeah. had accepted an invitation from U.S. ambassador to Switzerland, Larry Lawrence, to vacation at his Coronado oceanfront mansion, Crown Manor. He was to give a speech at the Hotel Del Coronado that Sunday while the UFO conference was in full swing.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
1: So. we And I know
0: there's people slamming the table going, boom, that's why you haven't heard about it. And (laughs) and we're going to get into that. We are. There's a lot of, uh, basically this story, again, it happened March 26, 1994. And. It literally went under the radar for the longest time till about four or five years ago. Yvonne's book mm-hmm. really kind of started pumping it out. Yeah. And Mike Evans' book. but Really, they're the only two kind of big books about this. Correct. The other book uh, that's worth reading, in my opinion... I think both of these books are worth reading. By the way,
1: definitely. If
0: you want to know more about this topic, because we are literally going to do a ten thousand foot view,
1: definitely of
0: what happened here, because there's so much that went down, and there's a lot. So that many actually, affected
1: people. Yeah,
0: and there's a lot of backstories with each of the abductees. Yes, <clears throat> that we cannot get into that kind of depth. Unfortunately, I almost thought of doing two episodes of this because there was just so much
1: there is going so on much. here, yeah. but.
0: We got the whole rest of the year charted out. I didn't want to screw that all up, <laughs> especially being sick. I just didn't, and uh, and again, I if if you're still listening to me being sick, I appreciate you. Um, thank you so much because I just don't feel well. I'm glad you're hanging in there with me. So the other book worth mentioning is Doctor Roger Lear, and he was uh, he's known basically for pulling implants Yay. out of abductees or, and having them tested. Yes. And another great book is called the alien and the scapel and get the revised second edition. And if you get it on Kindle, cause I, I got Kindle unlimited. It's actually on Kindle unlimited. Mm-hmm. So if you have Kindle unlimited, you can read it for whatever, you know, it bundles with your subscription. And it'll say that it takes like 32 hours to read. I read it in about four hours. Yeah. Three, four hours. So I guess there's something screwed up there. But that's another good book I recommend. So those three books.
1: um, Well, I'm betting the people that go to uh, Dr. Lear's book are people who think they may have been abducted or may have been affected. And if you're reading that and something strikes a chord, you're going to close the book and you're going to put it down yeah. and you're not going to go back to it for a while. That's where they're getting the 32. No. And it's hours. possible because
0: he dives into some really deep shit. Yeah. there. And the first two people that he worked on, one of them was from the Coronado, Coronado Island UFO incident. Yeah. However, he doesn't disclaim that in the book. Correct. And this is another thing that we got to do a little prep with, with people listening. The ones who do a lot of reading on UFO abductions and cases and stuff like that know this already. But if you're looking to dip your toe into this, you got to get used to the frustration that every book has the names in the alias form. Correct. And so nobody
1: is using their 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 real their name, n- name except for a- Pascagoula and Travis.
0: Well, yeah, but the authors. Use right. their real name. Yeah. But even the authors like at the time, uh, Mike didn't use Yvonne's name. Right. It was like Angel or something mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. And uh and he, Mike used a couple of the names. And they'll de- they'll de- they'll declare it in the book, This is right. their name or this is an alias. hmm But like Jen read the book and she's got a whole set of names.
1: Yeah, I got a whole set of different and names. And I got
0: a whole set of different names. And then you read Doctor Lear's book. Um, And
1: he's got a whole. And he's got a whole set of names. names. Yeah.
0: And you can get kind of crossed with like, all right, well, so which person is he really talking about? Right. Is it this person or that person? So the more books you read, it kind of gets confusing. And this is where UFO, UFOlogists and stuff. This is where it gets screwy, because everybody's hiding.
1: And all the skeptics are going, "See,
0: yeah, you've got a different name
1: for." Every, well, for not even that, person. but it's just, yeah.
0: like, if they can't come out with their name, and we're going to get into that a little mm-hmm. later, too. Uh, but that's where, even if this podcast, we're, we're going to try to stay away from names as much as possible. We'll stick with Yvonne's name, we'll stick right. with Mike's name, and we'll stick with Dr. Lear's name mm-hmm. in the brief times we bring him up. But the rest of it, we can't really go. So we'll just say this person, yeah. this person, and and unfortunately... We can't bring that relationship further, and I think that's another reason why people don't want to touch this crap, you know, and talk about it. Yeah, it's just a network of confusion. Just getting people's names straight. Yeah, and their identities. Definitely. So, so basically, again, happened at this hotel, and it's uh, there was a large number of witnesses, and there's physical evidence, mm-hmm. and the one witness, Mike Evans, who authored the book I I read suffered a mysterious puncture wound in his ear, along with mild flu-like symptoms. And another witness, who, you know, will go with no name, suffered severe like uh, flu syst- uh, symptoms as well. And she was apparently implanted during the experience and later had the implant
1: I actually surgic- have surgically her removed. details from Yvonne, and I have her implant analysis report.
0: Yeah, I have all that with Dr. Lear's stuff. Dr. Lear is great on all this because he goes into it as a doctor. Correct. He puts his UFO-isms um, to the side. Right.
1: No, he's he strictly looking strictly at strictly it p- from-
0: from a pathological standpoint. Correct. The procedure. If you're a medical nut, Dr. Lear's book is great. Because he writes it in journal form, basically, yes. like- this is how the procedure went. Mm-hmm. I used a, uh, a surgical 10 knife to make the ex- right, ex- yeah. incision. I used a 15 for the deep cut. If you're into that type of stuff, Dr. Lear's book is the only one you should pick up at this point because right. it's nerd heaven in that regard. He's your guy. hmm But basically you want to explain how it all came to be or?
1: So, um, As I stated, they were at this conference. It should be noted that the Hotel Del Coronado was built in 1888 and declared a national historic landmark in 1977. It's hosted presidents and European royalty for over 125 years. It's also known for its permanent ghostly guest, a heartbroken specter, who haunts her old room and the wing it's located in. So there's that, you know. Yeah. If you're not into UFOs, but you're into ghosts, go stay at the Hotel Del Coronado. It's room 3317, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So um, I have this story. It's a husband and wife. And for over 10 years, from the 1970s through the late 80s, the husband would wake up screaming that someone was near their bed. He would shout, who's there? Who's there? And one time in the late 1970s, he jumped out of bed screaming and ran down the hall. Other times, he would just become very anxious before finally laying back down and going to sleep. In the early 90s, he had a flash of memory after seeing Yvonne Smith's presentation at MUFON in Santa Barbara. He stated to his wife that he remembered there were three shadows, short and tall, Mm -hmm. by their bed on those nights. Then in March 1994, as fate would have it, this husband, um, well, the wife, had an experience that provided the physical evidence that she couldn't ignore. Her mm-hmm. brother was there with his wife and their friends, Mike, as you mentioned, and then two other women. And they were all staying in the same hotel. They simultaneously had encounters with beings not of the earth, of this earth. And as the wife reflected back through her life on all of her half memories and recurring nightmares, she could only come to one conclusion that... Maybe this is really happening. So after her regression sessions, she noticed a shiny kidney bean-shaped um under the skin on her leg. And it happened when Yvonne was a section director and Roger Lear had arranged to do some surgeries with two other patients, and one of the patients backed out. Yeah. He was deathly afraid that something would happen if he had his object removed. So Yvonne asked Roger if he wanted to get rid of the thing on Alice's leg. And they went to his office. He x-rayed it and wondered why he was x-raying it because it was just a little mark, essentially. And then there's something under it he stated and he couldn't believe it. I remember it really made me sick to look at it. I don't know why, but it would really bother me. I hated this thing and really needed to get rid of it. This is the wife speaking. Mm-hmm. So when the opportunity came up, I thought she would just be that I would just be able to get rid of the scar. I had no idea there would be anything under it until the x-ray came back and she and she said I didn't even know there was an object under there. So during her interview Yvonne actually got down on her hands and knees and took a look at the wife's leg. Mm -hmm. And she she has done this hundreds of times, she stated, while working with abduction clients. And she felt the definite scoop in the skin. They call this the scoop mark where the object had been implanted. It's common
0: with a lot of abductees. They'll have what are called these scoop marks. Yeah. And it looks like uh, tissue was taken out. And what makes them a little different than normal scoop marks is instead of browning out and scabbing or scabbing and browning out, mm-hmm. it's a like clear.
1: It's like shiny, shiny, yeah.
0: silky type top. Yeah. It's different.
1: So Yvonne Reed, um, connects the the wife with Dr. Lear and they provided the reports on the pathology of the sample that was removed from her leg. The date of the collection was May 18th, 1996. They used multiple laboratories and accumulated a large amount of information, which they separated and then put into categories afterward. Looking for similarities and differences between the different laboratories. And um,
0: but Let's not put the cart in front of the horse yet with the whole removal thing. Mm-hmm. What happened was, is all this shit happened to these guys at the same time. Yes. Okay, this is the big subject. Of what we're talking
1: about.
0: Yes. I don't want to get lost in the weeds of the...
1: I just wanted to get into the physical evidence.
0: No, I know, but we got to let them know what happened first. So basically, they're all asleep. They yes. all get abducted. What... Bright lights. And and this whole thing takes place. However, none of them talked about it the next day.
1: No. None of them said anything. Some of them none said of them... they were sick. Yeah. They didn't feel good. They had good. breakfast
0: the next morning. Yep. And there was uh the husband and wife... He wanted to go home, yes, and they left immediately. They missed the whole yep, the whole uh conference and um and he just wanted to go home, yeah, uh, Mike wasn't feeling well the- w- the wife of the husband and wife wasn't feeling well, uh, they were all just kind of off, but they didn't talk about it, no, they didn't really know what happened, no, then you say it, creative director so geez team
1: he's got (coughs) something
0: to say yeah he's barking at something probably dog is (coughs) loose again so so at this point mike was actually this is where i say like if mike didn't do what he did they all pretty much say he was the first one that went into the whole regression hypnosis Yeah. yeah he was the one that went through a lot of it and he was deeply involved in the mufon he network was. of that area. So, this is what linked them all together yes. was the MUFON network. And Mike started burrowing into this and he did regression therapy. And not only did he find out that something happened then, but things have been happening his whole life.
1: Turns out. And he in- had
0: many abductions. He worked, and before you go and call him a quack, he worked for the Navy, had a really good yep. job in the Navy. He was a nurse and was yep. a very good nurse. And he actually did all of the kind of uh blood drawing work and videography work for Dr. Lear's surgical procedures. Yes. He did every single one of them. He was there on site helping in some shape or form. And the fact is, is he went through and, and found all these things. He found all these through regression therapies. Yes. He found all of these abductions that were happening. And then he started remembering a lot of things. Now, out of everyone in the whole group, there's only one person. She's a female, and she was the only one who could actually remember everything all her past objections, mm-hmm. the Coronado event, everything. And those are the two types of abductees. Yes. There's the ones that remember everything, and there are the other ones that have to go through the regression therapy. And yes. there's a lot of conflict conflicting opinions with regression therapy. And Dr. Lear was one of them. He says, because the problem is there's no standards
1: for regression
0: therapy. Everybody's got their own way. They do it. They got their own method and it's just digging into the brain. And I agree with Dr. Lear on that type of, you know, that opinion. That's what makes all this difficult to begin with. But then he started talking back with everyone and everyone one by one started contributing in their own way. There yes. were some that just really did it against their own will and just like didn't want to, they just wanted to move on. But, yes. but all of them said as a combined force that if they weren't going to tell this story and they did it basically for Mike, because they mm-hmm. trusted Mike, yes. they knew Mike had their best interests. And they said that no one would know about this unless it, you know, we talk about it. No, one's going to know that this no. even happened. No. And it's true because yes. the the two books that you can get on this, the most credible and popular ones out of probably the five or four that are available are the ones we read from Yvonne, Yvonne who did the sessions and Mike. and Mike who was the abductee.
1: She has Mike's sessions in the book Yeah, and it should be noted that every regression session that or transcript that she included, each of these people have been having abduction incidences through their entire lives, mm-hmm. they they remember them from when they were children.
0: Well, some of them never did though until yeah. this, these sessions start. Right, right. Uh, they just went through life and and like one woman, she was just a nomad, just like traveling all mm-hmm. over. And what she learned was is she was running from this. Right, and uh, and had some weird experiences. Now, Mike also has all the transcripts yep. for each of them too. Uh, the books are very close and the same. Like I said, the names are different. But from this point, this is where this divergence of a bunch of steps takes place, and in one one kind of camp, you have all of the regression hypnosis taking place, yep. and all of these abductees, and every single one of them are learning that they've had multiple abductions, yes. and not just them, but their family, yes, their spouses, yes. like it's all connected. And yes. if they would mention, they mention in the book, they say it that basically. They think they were chosen and selected to go there.
1: Could very well be. They could very well be. It's it's odd because, you know, I I dove into this book and it's funny because each chapter in Yvonne's book is a different abductee. And uh-huh. sometimes it's multiple abductees in one yeah. chapter. And the differences between the the partners, like the husbands and the wives, it's either the husband who's open to the regression and the wife is like, nope, nope, I don't want to know. I, yeah. I'm, I'm just, I'm fine. Or it's the wife that's doing the regression and the husband's like, no, nah, I'm good,
0: Yeah, I'm good. Or the other thing is, is the husband had no issues whatsoever until they got married. correct? And then they started having yep. experiences as mm-hmm. well. And that's where, like Mike's book especially really i just have to give full props to the book and just his method of writing really expressed the frustrations of a ufo abductee
1: yes on
0: a level that you could really just he puts a human part into it and at the end of the book after reading the whole coronado incident and all of that stuff the takeaway i had on it was i just feel so bad for yes. the experience that they go through in this, in this lifetime. Yes. And we'll get to that in the end. But, but so now back to the actual event, they had this event, yep. went past, they left home, you know, left for home about a year later, Mike's starting to dig this stuff up. Right. Through regression therapy, they bring it all up. They start identifying these things. Mike notices he has things mm-hmm. like he the deal with his ear. He couldn't wrap around the, the fact that he had flu like symptoms, but his ear was bleeding. Yeah. It didn't make sense. So he got his ear checked out and they said that his eardrum was pierced. Yep. And um and he just didn't understand how that could happen. Yeah. There was nothing natural in his conscious life that right. would have he, taken he place for it to happen. For how that could have happened. And yes. and this is where it gets into the medical stuff that Jen was talking yes. about. But prior to that, what the other big piece of evidence is that corroborates all of them together is they all heard someone screaming from the hallway. Yes. Every single one of them. Yes. And to this day, they have no idea who that was. They have no idea who it was, what it was. Yeah. And that's in Dr. Lear's book.
1: It's in that's in
0: Mark's. Well, Yvonne to a certain point, but like I said, I, I really got to give props to the book with mike because mike's like the abductee he was the yes. one where it happened yes and uh and and they again without reading completely into the book i'm gonna say that she speculates that she knows who it is but none of them know
1: no no they all claim to hear a man's voice yeah and the in the regression sessions they'll be like you know sounds like it could be mike or it could be you know Whoever they they say it could it sounds like, but they don't know for That's certain what I'm saying, who it is because yeah. they
0: all know. But they, they all, all heard say it. it.
1: It's a man's voice. Yeah, all of them say there was a bright light. It was they Bill heard, Clinton. They no. heard the man's voice, <laughs> and he was something. I, they went yeah. so far as to say he was saying "help me, help" or no, they just something heard along screaming. those lines, and then uh, then they recall. Waking up and not feeling well.
0: Yeah, and they just. But the common thing is they heard yep. screaming, screaming from the hall, yep. the hallway, and so again, that's the event itself. The only other thing that we have to talk about with the event itself is the Secret Service around, and they're following the abductees. Now, this is where the story gets weird, of course. Yeah,
1: I'll and bring that up is at the end. Well, Um, and the fact
0: is, is I kind of have experience with the Secret Service to a certain degree. Yeah. Because there was a company I was working for and they had Hillary Clinton come over Mm -hmm. for some solar company that. Yeah. Only worked for her current thing. And then she didn't do anything with the company after that. But they had to come and check the place out. Right. And they were just thorough as fuck with everything. Yeah. They have no sense of humor. No. None whatsoever. No. They're all on the job. They're all about this, that, and the other thing. They were saying
1: that all of them were commenting before they were getting into their regression sessions and the event. Yeah. They all kept saying that there were all of these guys with earpieces in. Yeah. Like, they were sitting at the table in the Hotel Del Coronado getting their, in the restaurant there, getting their meals, and there were, like, four Waiters, yeah, standing around them, and they all look the same. And they're like, "It's just the three of us here. Why do we have four waiters?" Like they were, yeah.
0: But what I'm getting at is, is just the presence of a former first lady, yes, which was that's what it was at that point.
1: Yes, for you, yes, you
0: know, and and their that presence was a small presence. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine the presence of an acting president.
1: Oh, they, in turn, you they know, said the president were. Uh, no,
0: I know. But what I'm saying is, is some of them in the book start saying, well, they were following us for a reason and things like that. And that's they, where it's yeah, like, mm, yeah, they are following you for a reason because the fucking president's there.
1: Yeah. They need to know if you're a, they a need national to know if you're
0: a threat, if you're, threat you know, what the hell security. are you? Yeah. And of and course, they're going to watch you more because you're into UFOs. Yeah. They think you're weird already.
1: Exactly. The scales are already so tipped against you. In my opinion, yes. that's
0: debunked. Yes. Because they want to, the, the UFOlogists, all the deep-seated ones, they want to just smush that together like he was there for a reason. Oh, yeah. And we'll yeah, get yeah. into all that yeah. later. But the fact is, is like, I guarantee none of them have been around no, a secret service presence
1: experienced anything like this before. No, but I'm just let saying alone like, with the secret service. So they have no frame of reference And I'm sure when something weird happens and then you're like, oh, my God. And the secret service was there. Clearly, this is all it's all connected.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So so then it gets to the medical evidence. And and like uh, like Jen was saying with the, the woman, the wife. Yes. With with her instance, at the same time, Mike's going through some issues where he's got this bit with his ear and eventually the tough part is with these, um, in Dr. Lear's book, he talked about it at great length. X-rays normally don't pick these up. No. Now what they, what they really go for is MRIs and cat cat scans. scans. Yes. And, uh, Mike, uh, to his shock, um, the MRI scan showed that he had at least three foreign bodies lodged in various portions of his brain and several objects in his leg. And in fact, the objects in his leg were obvious one day he noticed them and they were like half a dozen like pea like objects lodged just beneath the skin on his left leg. And, uh, you know, when it gets into the meaning of these things, that's all they can do is speculate. Correct. What they are with Mike, with the things that he had, Basically, the one on his head, a foreign body, was adjacent to the pituitary gland. That's the emotional center of the mm-hmm. brain. They took, again, the MRI scans of the legs and, and the head. And what people got to understand is this is like thousands of dollars worth of...
1: Scans. Scans. Mm-hmm.
0: You know, because when I had my memory issues mm-hmm. and I was getting all those MRIs and all that stuff, that was massive amount of money. Yes. And you're all about, oh, I want to see how far this can go until the well dries up. Yeah. And then you're like, well, you know, we'll just see what we can do from here. And that's where I think we'd like, I'd like to do Dr. Lear on a, a separate podcast. Yeah. Because it kind of ties all this stuff together. But he had something near his ear. He had something near his pituitary gland. And he also had, um, I forget where, uh, there was the one that was along the edge of the tibia. And um, they weren't noticed on the x-rays because the x-rays, the way the bone is, yeah, it couldn't go in there. So it just was kind of awkward that, that those were there. But the lab results were done on his blood and there was a high level of estrogen. There was also a high level of neurotransmitters in the blood. Mm-hmm. Uh, serotonin, uh, and you're going to watch me butcher some names here, neuropimferin. Epinephrine and dopamine, and the high estrogen levels were off—like definitely off. The location of those objects, Mike suggests, would be ideal if someone wanted to tap into vision, hearing, and like primary emotional centers. Yeah, that's again yep. a speculation. Correct. And that's where the debate of these implants come into a huge, huge play. Yeah, it should be noted what the hell they were for. Yeah,
1: my. Housewife here. Mm-hmm. Uh, Hers was, she had one. Yep. And it was in her left leg. Yeah. And it was the front of the calf of the left leg. Like, okay. There was another guy who in the regression sessions discovered that he had some sort of surgical implant in place. He and his brother both had them. Yeah. One brother again it was in his leg i think it was the opposite leg i don't think it was the the left i think it was the right he had his removed and the brother he had an implant by his ear and he's like you know what i'm not going to mess with it i'm just going to leave it yeah and you know it's like why the leg
0: well and the other revealing part like, of this is like are they trackers
1: too. is that like the clipping on their number 4326
0: <laughs> <laughs> ky99 no but the uh, the other remarkable thing with these uh, implants is the entry of them. There's no entry wound or entry Correct. scar.
1: There's no scar. And
0: like someone like myself that's had a number of operations done.
1: You are riddled you know, with scars over your body Yeah, from surgical but procedures. But for a good
0: example, like the plate that I yeah. have in my leg yes. and the screw that I have in my heel, I have scars there. Yes. And that's been well over... 15, 15 years, mm-hmm. you know, 20 years, mm-hmm. actually, to be, to be fairly honest. honest, uh, you know, it's been about 20, 20 years and there's still noticeable scars. And I've used like shea butter and, you know, like whatever right. I could use on there to make it better. But even like my shoulder.
1: Yeah. You've got three I've spots. I've got that
0: little incision where they did the arthroscop and it's just there. Yep. Where these, Nothing. Nothing there's no sign of a scar, an entry wound, nothing. That's a big, that's a a strange part of it. Right. The second really strange part of it is when these uh, objects were removed, there was no inflammation around the, the tissue surrounding the implant.
1: Correct.
0: And pathologically, Dr. Lear goes into this large in his book.
1: I'm sure, yes.
0: That this is literally impossible.
1: Yeah, it's unheard of.
0: Like he, uh, he's a foot surgeon, mm-hmm. and at first I sneered. I'm like, why is a foot surgeon doing all this? But he was a guy that was available. But then also he claimed that he was good for stuff like this because, as a podiatrist or a foot surgeon, yeah, you're constantly pulling foreign bodies out of people's foot, right. glass, yeah. nails, wood, yeah, whatever. People
1: step on a lot of.
0: And I'm sitting shit. there, and I'm sitting there thinking, all right, this is this is pretty cool. You know, this this is actually, this makes sense, you know, and, um, and he was saying, yeah, out of every foreign body he's ever pulled out. I mean, you think about it, you get a sliver, it puffs up red.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. It's even
0: transplants. That's Mm -hmm. why they're so picky about transplants because the body will reject it. Yes. He goes, and there's no inflammation whatsoever. And even he would send these off to pathologists to get tested, yep. not the implants, but just the connecting tissue.
1: Correct. The, the surrounding, surrounding
0: tissue. tissue. Yeah. And the pathologist would just send the results back and it would say, yeah, there was no, um, what do you call it? Inflammation or, mm-hmm. or signs of that. Yeah. And he would go, yeah, does that seem weird? And they're like, hey, look, I just do the tests." Yeah. You know, which kind they of don't... shows how practical these tests really are, you know, and like straightforward. Yeah. But you know, then he would explain to him and be like, Yeah, I pulled a foreign body out of this. This was surrounded by a foreign body in someone's foot or thumb or yeah. whatever. And they all had this in common. Right. Every single one of mm-hmm. them. In in his book, he did I think a total of nine or ten mm-hmm. um extractions of objects. One of them was a piece of wood.
1: One, yeah. He didn't do that one though. And
0: he didn't do that. So that was sent the sample
1: it. that was sent to him. Yeah.
0: But out of out of all the ones that he's done. They were all some foreign matter. Yep. And again, in the interest of time, again, to blast through this, this matter of the actual, again, the connecting tissue, all of them had no inflammation, Mm -hmm. which again, finding that once is like a unicorn, let alone he does every single one and it's like that.
1: Right, yeah. And
0: then the crazy part is, is he sends the actual implant. Object when he when he first extracted to, yeah, it, it had that a tested. it had a like a bio shell around it mm-hmm. and they couldn't cut it with the scalpel. No, it was like a pea sized or a cantaloupe sized or not like cantaloupe size as in a big cantal but like a pea sized uh, item or a round round yeah. item and they couldn't cut it with the scalpel.
1: No, they couldn't. And then they tried to um, smash it like in a mortar and pestle, and oh. they were only able to break off.
0: Like yeah eventually, what pieces? they had to do is dry him out, yeah, and so they get the actual metallic item a high level of carbon or something like that, mm-hmm. in them, and they sent him to this is where he gets uh Bigelow in Robert Bigelow, yeah, who was part of nids, uh, and they basically financed all of the stuff, and he still hasn't even gotten like a solid answer out of all of them of with what it. it
1: is yeah, and
0: unfortunately, Dr. Lear passed away, so mm-hmm. this. Stopped when when he did, yeah. And but at the end, like in the second edition of his book, he starts talking. They go, "There's material here that is not natural.
1: Yeah, it's not naturally occurring.
0: It's uh, it's basically the material that is there. It's a it's a uh, a manufactured yes item or or manufactured element. Yeah, but they're like it's not known." of this area when they
1: known of this, it's not one of the 65,000 known elements. Yeah. They scanned every single one of them, tried to
0: compare it to it and it came up with no hits basically. Yeah. So it's, it's of its own, which again, fucking strange. (laughs) It is.
1: And in this one, um, the housewife, she had the three to four millimeter oval shaped lesion on the front calf of the left leg with a slight pinkish uh, discoloration. Um, Indicative of typified marks seen in abduction patients, you know, that they categorize as the scoop mark. Yeah. Um, and they also did, and they note that they also did an additional patient with similar marking in the exact same area of the exact same leg. And both surgeries were performed on the same day. So for our housewife... She was specimen number 5636952. And in the comments section under microscopic diagnosis, they noted fibrosis with solar elastosis. Solar elastosis is the overexposure of skin to large amounts of ultraviolet light. And this is a significant finding because the patient is a housewife in occupation and daily activity, spent no time with all over exposure to sunlight. So, in a very tiny, small millimeter area of her leg, it was very strange that that was one of the findings. Like in that tiny section, that one tiny section was exposed to this huge amount of ultraviolet light. Yeah. And then um, there was no evidence seen in the significant chronic inflammation and no histriologic changes of foreign body reaction in the tissue surrounding it, essentially stating that there was no inflammation which holds for the other patients that they remove foreign bodies from, they they all have this in common. The second report by an additional laboratory also reports this, the same finding of solar elastosis, and they have another one which verifies no chronic inflammatory response, which is highly unusual in any foreign body case. It should be noted that below the excised skin lesion, a small BB-sized whitish-gray ball was extracted. An additional report shows no chronic inflammation, no histriologic changes of foreign body reaction, and another report again shows the solar elastosis. So each of the reports that came in all said the same thing. One of the other important findings, it should be noted, in one of the labs and was a report of histriocytes, which contained re flectile yellow brown pigment, which is suggestive of hemosiderin, which is an an iron stain, uh, confirms the president the presence of it. And it's a consideration of an important finding because again, it seems to be a standard that they find in soft tissue areas surrounding non terrestrial implantation. So Yvonne said, can you break this down in layman's terms? So Dr. Lear says, all right, the solar elastosis was a finding in which the skin has been exposed to an overabundance of ultraviolet light. When the whole person is not exposed to large doses of ultraviolet light, it's indicative that something created this overexposure to that light. So in the face of the testimony of the numerous abductees worldwide who had medical procedures done on a non-terrestrial nature, there possibly is an instrument which can scoop out a small segment of the superficial skin, the epidermis, which are the outer layers of the skin, and then seal the wound with ultraviolet. That's why I think this is a very significant finding. The other findings here when we talk about hemocytorin, it's an iron pigment. It's very similar to what is in the red cells, which is like the hemoglobin. Hemoglobin combines with the oxygen molecule within the red cell, and it's carried about the body and given up in the area that it's needed. A molecule of carbon dioxide is taken aboard within the red cell, and of course, the red cell then passes through the lung and gives up its carbon dioxide and picks up another molecule of oxygen. So hemociderin is a cousin to what we find in the red cells or the hemoglobin. It's very important because the oxygen nutriment or the circulation surrounding foreign material, not earth-based, is evidently using this primitive mechanism to oxygenate or keep whatever biological tissue that's implanted alive inside the body. Yeah. So that's cool. (laughs) Um, And then uh, they get into her x-rays and the CAT scan where they say the true foreign bodies are seen in the CAT scan. And, Then Dr. Lear said, and even in those, they don't jump out at you. In other words, the grayish white ball more or less shows up as as a shadow that they see beneath the skin. Yeah. And they didn't expect to see it in the first place.
0: The whole thing is weird. And again, to to take a few steps back, you really, at this point, you have to you know, if you start getting into this and you read, like, especially their stories of alien abductions, it's been their whole lives. Yes. And that's where you really have to come to terms that this abduction thing exists. Now, you've got two camps there mm-hmm. that say it's the government actually doing the abducting. Now, honestly, I could put that to bed easily. And again, I could put to bed easily the whole Clinton's thing there that that was all said to be. The problem with a conspiracy is, is no one can keep a fucking secret.
1: Correct.
0: I say that all the time with conspiracy theorists. and Three I can, can go keep out. a secret
1: if two of them are dead.
0: You know, but the fact is, is let alone the government. Oh, yeah. The group, this is a group of people who can't shut up about fucking anything. anything. Yeah. And anything that can make them look good or someone else look bad, they're oh, running yeah. their mouth to whoever wants to listen. All the time, yeah. And- And that's the nature of the beast of politics. And that's not just in America. That's all over the world. It's the human race. Yes. The human race is that way. I always, well, I got a joke. You know, we got the joke with your family. Like if you don't want something to be a secret anymore, you tell your mom. Correct. Because it's just, it's not a secret anymore. No. You know. No. That's. My mom. Every family. Fun fact, no, but I'm just saying. She's
1: her own version of the telephone game.
0: But your, <laughs> but your family's not exclusive to that clause. No, it's no. every family has that one family member that they know they can't say shit around. Yes. If it's of any kind of serious mm-hmm. bit to be a secret. Yes. But the fact is, is and I remember being told as a kid, if you have a secret, keep it to yourself. Yes. Because the moment you tell someone else, it's not a
1: secret anymore. It's not
0: a secret anymore. Mm-mm. It's gone. Yeah. Let alone these extravagant conspiracies of the government doing this and the government doing that. And I'm not saying that the government ain't up to shit.
1: No, I we're think, not saying that.
0: I think they are. I think they know what's going I on.
1: don't think they're abducting people in an implant well, and implanting
0: stuff. Yeah, well. I don't think they're doing that. No. And again, I look at, again, like another thing to support my argument was the NSA was spying on everybody. Mm-hmm. That's all it took was Edward, Edward Snowden to say, no. Nah, yeah. You know, I'm going to blow the whistle on this. And so now you got to ask yourself. So there's all of these abductions and these abductions are crazy. Yeah, there was a, a, a woman that was uh, talking and she literally just said that, um, you know, you can run, but you can't hide because that's the truth. I mean, if they want you, they'll take you. Yeah, they will. There she was, goes, um, they, and um, it's a pseudonym name. She goes, but in this person's case, they took her off a freeway at nine o'clock on a Friday night in California. They took they,
1: one woman from the library.
0: That's my next statement is yep. they can take you out of a public library. Mm-hmm. There's no stopping it. No. That's the bad thing. I think the negative part of it, when it happens to you as often as it happens to Mike, they're saying in this case. Yeah. Fortunately, it doesn't happen to me as often as it happens to him. You can almost feel like you've lost control because you can't control that part of your life. And this is the fear yes. that puts the blame on the government and the UFO community. It's not blaming the government for this. It's their fear that you have no control in this. We as humans walk around this planet acting like we're in charge because right now we are.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: We're, we're the top. Of the mountain. Yeah. As far as species apex go. Predator. Not yeah. even just apex. Like we have, you know, opposable thumbs. We have yeah. hands. We got a mind that works in a unique way that none of the other animals have. Um, and all of our attributes amount to something that just sets us up aces over the other animals mm-hmm. and, and life forms here on the planet. But now this idea brings the object that you're nothing. It instantly propels us down to an insect compared to a human. Yes. And the weird thing is, and they all say it, the females, there's part of abductions where they're pulling things out of their uterus. So there's a lot of genetic things going on here. Yes. There's this genetic quotient that you can't ignore.
1: A lot of the regression sessions with the men references. um, They're withdrawing sperm samples. semen samples, and, semen being samples. Taken.
0: and and they can't control themselves. They're there. The, the ones who, who have been abducted enough say, I just let them do it. Yeah. Now there's one woman who says, no, I fight. Yes. I fight the whole time. I'm tired of it. And when she's done with her abductions, she's got scratches all over, yep, not even scratches, cuts. yep. And they all corroborate in this way too, where they all say that these grays because that's what they're seeing. Yes, they're, they're seeing, seeing the grays. grays. And the grays are the you know the lighter skin with the big head and the big eyes.
1: Picture the face from the cover of the Communion book. Yeah, it's your typical alien gray.
0: And 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 basically, you can just Google it, and Mm -hmm. you know you'll see a million of them. And then there's these other ones that they talked about where it was the grays, but then there was this like brown one that looked more like a um,
1: a praying mantis. A praying mantis reference. Reference. They call them insect-like.
0: Yeah. And and they don't speak. They kind of...
1: It's all telepathically.
0: Telepathic to a certain degree. Mm-hmm. But all of them t- tend to have these uh, things where they basically, they really think that they're just doing their job. Yeah. That they basically, and we are the job. Right. And we're like tagged, monitored animals, specimens under a micros- microscope or lab rats. And they continue to be abducted at any time, at any place until they decide that they don't need us anymore. Yeah, It's so sad, but so true. And this is what Mike's saying in in his book. He goes, their deception and control factors are so prevalent in abductees' lives. There is no doubt that they can not only control us, but also manipulate us to be where they need us to be for their benefit. They are more advanced than we could ever perceive. One fear I've always had about being abducted And I know um, this was the uh, other uh, different excerpt, but Mike has the same fear is that we either won't be returned or will be returned to the wrong place. Yeah. That's a common abductee fear. Yeah. Is that they're just going to get taken one day and never brought back. Yep. Or they're going to be in the wrong place. Yep. And it's really terrifying to all of them. Right. And that's why some of them just say, look, I don't want to talk about it. I don't want to...
1: Right, yeah. Because it
0: just gets crazier and crazier. Yeah. And the thing is, is at the end of the day, no one can do anything for these people. No. Because think about this. These guys got abducted right under the nose of the Secret Service of an acting president. Correct. They, quote unquote, legitimately should be in the safest fucking place in the world. that are to Coronado Island, that yeah. village... That should have been the safest place. Because I made that joke when I was around the Secret Service giving a tour of that building. Yeah. You know, I remember talking to, uh, I think it was my mom or something like that. She goes, well, have a safe day. I'm like, you kidding me? I'm going to be safe as fuck. Yeah. I'm around, I'm around like the best. Yeah. You know, nothing's going to happen. And if it's going to happen, it's not happening to me. It's going to be happening to her. Yeah, definitely. You know? <clears throat> it's, and, it's and they... So, uh so,
1: it's so strange. But because- what's
0: strange is... The lack, like, they just don't, none of this comes out. It's not on TV. It's not on anything. And if you're listening to recent stuff lately, you know that stuff happens and they don't talk about it. You ask these questions like, why isn't the news talking about X? Why aren't they talking about Y? This happened so long ago and no one wants to talk about it. No. No one wants to discuss it. And I think that's where there's a larger thing at work here. If the the government had a handle on this, I think they would have put everybody at ease with it and just said, you know what, this is what's going on. We're on it. We've got this whole group that we built. You know, we got this whole department that we built. We talked to them, blah, blah, blah. You know, but I think it's so far from that. I think basically going back to what I was saying earlier, we're the insect. You know, Definitely. we're the dolphins swimming in the ocean.
1: We're the, and just all of a we're sudden, the firefly in the jar, the mason jar you know. with the holes cut in the top. That's what we are. Well, no, right but now. we're
0: the animal that gets hit with the trank dart. Yep. We wake up in a lab. Yeah. And we're getting all these tests done and all this stuff. And or the
1: the fish that gets uh caught and then thrown back. You know, where all the other fish were like, dude, you disappeared, and he's like. I was taken out of. Yeah, I mean, if there's a <laughs> yeah. conscious
0: level with those animals like us, that's that's what's happening, and and that's where this starts to take a real turn to the weird. It really. And this is truly why I wanted does. to save this to the end because, like, this really gets to the weird part of everything. Is you got to ask yourself, why are people getting abducted? If you don't think people are getting abducted by some UFO alien type thing, you're crazy. Yeah. You're the crazy one. Yeah. I'm sorry. In read the- Mike. Read Mike's book and, and you will see just to the magnitude of how much it happens to these people. It's happened to generations of their family. Yes. And that's where I look at it as they're tracking.
1: Definitely. They're just
0: tracking us as a species.
1: So from Yvonne's uh, book... If the regression transcripts are accurate, these are people who've been systematically abducted for years. Yeah. Husbands and wives are abducted at the same time, or they take just one of them. Uh, many have been taken since they were children.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: With They say a, once you get past a certain age, like 56, you yeah. kind of like aged out of their interest They have no in interest you. in it. And, and I think
0: that's from a procreation.
1: Probably, yeah, the reason for this is they've aged out of their mating slash hybridization program because a lot of these people talk about being shown their alien children. Yeah. And, or an alien child being taken from them. Yeah. And then, I mean, this is all super compelling. And after reading these transcripts, I'm fully into believing these people and their experiences. Oh, yeah. Their their descriptions are virtually consistent. It's either the alien gray or the insect praying mantis type being. Mm -hmm. And then I get to the very end of Yvonne's book, her epilogue.
0: I read that. Dated
1: September 30th, 2013. Where she says, this past July, I received some unexpected, unsolicited, and startling information from a source that I, unfortunately, cannot divulge. Yeah. Cryptically and completely unrelated to the topic that's being discussed, she was told that two of the president's men were missing the Secret Service. Mm -hmm. And she said, well, what do you mean the president's men? And they came back with the Secret Service. So... They told her it was two dudes from President Clinton, and she she said that to this person, well, when, were these what what were they missing from?" And the answer came back, San Diego. So she goes on this huge leap, and then she goes, "Was President Clinton taken along with two secret service agents?" And the answer came back, yes. I was told that President and his two men were taken along with the 12 Ciro members. They were, however, directed to different parts of the ship. This explains why in all of the transcripts and interviews, not one of the abductees mentioned seeing the President or anybody resembling Secret Service agents. I proceed, Yvonne, to ask more questions. Was Larry Lawrence involved with the UFO activities on Coronado Island? Was he aware of um, uh, what was about to take place over that weekend. And the answer to both of the questions regarding Larry Lawrence was no. Curiously, 13 months following the triad conference in Coronado on April 17, 1995, President Bill Clinton signed Executive Order 12958, yeah, classified national security information, This order prescribes a uniform system for classifying, safeguarding, and declassifying national security information. Our democratic principles require that the American people be informed of the activities of their government. Also, our nation's progress depends on the free flow of information. Nevertheless, throughout our history, the national interest has required that certain information be maintained in confidence in order to protect our citizens, our democratic institutions, and our participation within the the community of nations. Protecting information critical to our nation's security remains a priority. In recent years, however, dramatic changes have altered, although not eliminated, the national security threats that we confront. These changes provide a greater opportunity to emphasize our commitment to open government. Executive Order 12958 created new standards for the process of identifying and protecting classified information and led to an unprecedented effort to declassify millions of pages from the U.S. diplomatic and national security history. As of 2002, this policy has resulted in the declassification of what were 800 million pages of historically valuable records with the potential of hundreds of millions more being declassified in the near future. Clinton's White House Chief of Staff, John Podesta, was an important influence in this process. One outcome of this change in policy is the government's 1995 admission of its two-decade-plus involvement in funding highly classified special access programs in remote viewing. This effort also involved the late Lawrence Rockefeller and also focused on the classified UFO records that Clinton wanted declassified. Clinton's interest in UFOs is explored in a book by Webster Hubble titled Friends in High Places. Hubble was Janet Reno's assistant attorney general and reveals activities of their government. Also, our nation's progress depends on the free flow of information. Nevertheless, throughout our history, the national interests have required that certain information, again, be maintained in confidence.
0: Well, in Trump before he was um space force oh well yeah he did the space force thing but also he put in that uh it was some sort of it wasn't a bill or anything like that but basically they enacted something where in 180 days the government had to basically provide what they had yes all this stuff yep and and here we are that yeah. was supposed to be in july july Correct. they were supposed to do that and they came out with a little bit they had a couple of those guys come out and it was yeah. like um Joe Rogan's podcast. They were yeah, talking about like some stuff the, the, and the Air Force. The Tic
1: Tac's videos yeah, yeah, and the
0: Yeah, no, through those yeah. couple things. Don't tell me that's the only shit you fucking got. Exactly. You know, There now at that time there was this retired Israeli uh general and space security chief. His name was uh Professor Chaim Eshed, E S H E D, and he said during an interview with uh an Israeli newspaper that uh, extraterrestrials have been in contact with governments of the United States and Israel for years. Mm -hmm. And um, he claimed that Trump was on the verge of revealing the secret before the Galactic Federation, quote unquote, asked him to remain silent. And as the aliens are worried that humanity is not ready to learn about their existence yet. Yeah. And he goes on and on about this stuff. uh, This Eshed guy that, you know, basically he knows all this stuff. And then, you know, of course, plug in a book. And this of is course. where you start yeah. going the other direction with it. But the funny part is, is I looked up the book, can't buy it anywhere except in Israel. Hmm. <clears throat> yeah. He has a website and it's all in Israeli or Hebrew or whatever. Right. Yeah. So there's people that say they have an electronic copy and they're doing the translating. I'm trying to get after that, the electric electronic the copy Yeah. and and see what's going on with that. But again, you know, you got to look at this Is it's happening to all these people. They're getting pulled in. Anywhere, everywhere, I wouldn't be surprised one bit if Clinton and a couple Secret Service guys were pulled. I wouldn't well, be surprised one bit. I wouldn't be surprised if every president gets pulled.
1: I don't. I don't know. I, All I know is,
0: when I mean, she well, honestly, added that
1: at the end of the book after everything I'd read, with absolutely zero evidence that it is indeed correct and accurate. For me, called into question everything i just read oh yeah the abductees stories are in their own words and was super compelling in and of its of itself yeah you you didn't believe that now now i'm supposed to believe that this this wife was getting implanted on an alien ship and the president and two Secret Service agents are speaking with the aliens in another part of the ship? What the fuck? I mean, yeah. maybe, but I can't take that kind of leap. Do I think alien abductions happen? Yes. Yes, I do. Do I think the president and the Secret Service have meetings on ships while their citizens are being tagged in the same same ship? No. No, I don't. But, I mean, read the book.
0: Well, and that's but that's the tough part is... In the UFO community, you have this problem. So here it is, basically. You have like four different types of abductions, Mm -hmm. or not abductions, but exposures. Mm -hmm. You have the one that you see in the sky. Right, yes. That's that's what they call like a level one or whatever. Right. Or the first kind. First kind. kind. Second kind is one that comes up close, Mm -hmm. and you can actually see parts of the ship. You can actually visibly see like whether there's pipes or something like that or a window or whatever that's the second kind. The third kind is when you actually, uh, like beings, beings will come out and they'll engage with you. Yes. That was the movie.
1: Yes. Close encounters of the third kind. Yeah.
0: The beings came out of the ship. Yep. Now the fourth kind is when you actually are on the ship or they take you somewhere else. Right. That's the fourth kind. Now this is where like I said, the sensitivity in Mike's book with these um, these abductees, I mean, it was just amazing, and that's where I would recommend probably his book over Yvonne's because, yeah, you know, she's, I'm gonna say it for what it is, she's a, she's a shrink,
1: yeah, to a certain degree, you know, and if and you're it's just going to read her book. I would just read the
0: no the read the whole read the whole thing because it just puts it in perspective, yeah. Where Mike's consistent through the whole thing, yeah. he's consistent through the whole entire book, and even at the end, he goes into where he's just saying this stuff. But he's like, "Look, this is my opinion,
1: right? Yeah, you know,
0: this is my opinion. This is what I think it is, and and blah 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 blah. And there's three things that I wanted to add. Do you have more to add or?
1: No, that's what I have.
0: That's what you have. Okay, we have to pause for a second because I gotta find. Oh yeah. So basically his whole deal is, is that, you know, he's declined to go undergo further hypnotic regression. Mm -hmm. And it's simply, he says, the scenario is just the same. Every time that I remember, it's always because they want sperm. Yep. And he says, it's just every single time Mm -hmm. he says, and like most abductees, Mike has learned to live with his experiences. And again, like most abductees, Mike does not feel that aliens are evil, although his life has been turned upside down. He refuses to live in fear. So after saying that he doesn't believe they're evil. Yeah. Listen to this. Mike feels that David Jacobs scenario as presented in his book, The Threat is probably the most accurate. I didn't get to read this yet. Okay. But it's, I'm, I'm reading it. Okay. Okay. This scenario states that the Gray's agenda is basically to create a hybrid race that will inhabit our planet and create a whole new society. Mike feels that the future will bring about great changes in the way humanity views its place in the universe. We may soon learn a very hard lesson that we are not the top rung of the evolutionary ladder, that there are more powerful and further evolved beings who have been around for a very long time but so- are only making their presence known and felt. Mike has also developed some complex theories about the nature of cattle mutilations and their connection to UFO phenomenon. He has educated himself in the latest discoveries in genetic research and has correlated them with the U the latest UFO research to come up with a new outlook on alien agenda. So basically what he was talking about is he, he read about how a dog gave birth to a litter of kittens.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And he's like, how strange, dogs carrying cats. So he became interested in the idea of one species carrying another. Without a doubt, the cattle, mutil- the cattle mutil- uh, mutilations, mutilations are taking place. People are being abducted. Again, these are things that you have to come to terms with. Mm-hmm. And the aliens are here. What exactly are they doing with cattle? And why are they abducting people? <gasps> Bless you. Thank you. Could it be that there's a step-by-step process that involves cattle, humans, and aliens to produce hybrids? Could cattle mutil- uh, mutilations be an integral part of this extensive plan for repopulating this earth and or another planet? So are we just being farmed, you know, basically? Well, a-
1: one of the women who was abducted in her regression session, she mm-hmm. talks about she was holding one of her... Alien hybrid children. Yeah. And it looked just like a person. Yeah. She, she was crying and she felt so upset because this child looked exactly like yeah. her mother. And they pulled the child away from her and she was, she was just like devastated. Oh, losing
0: it. Yeah. But so
1: I mean, so yeah. what
0: people have to consider is this the aliens have invested a great amount of time and energy into their projects. Mm -hmm. This isn't something you just do on the side. No. And it has been going on for a long time. The following is a speculative theory that Mike believes explains the secret purpose behind cattle mutilations. I don't know why I'm having a hard time with that word. And the production of a hybrid race. When the greys first arrived on the planet, they were unable to tolerate the atmosphere for any length of time. Humans were also unable to tolerate the aliens atmosphere for any length of time. What if the aliens plan to stay and eventually colonize the planet? Good question. Then they would start a genetic breeding program to create hybrids. Mm -hmm. Solid answer. One embryo at a time is placed into an abductee. In three months' time, the embryo is removed. This is another common thing. It's three months with these abductions. And uh, the embryo is removed for further development in a controlled environment. But what if this was too slow for the aliens because of the slow pace? He thinks cattle could be used as a suitable carrier for many embryos at one time.
1: Probably, yeah.
0: He estimates that 30 embryos could be carried in a single bovine uterus. They are left in for three months, and then they're removed for further development in a controlled environment. The hybrids would then behave like any typical humans. Mm -hmm. And this is where we dive right headfirst into the, the weird and strange. And basically, like, what does this mean and how will it affect? And Mike believes that Dr. J- David Jacobs' ideas on the subject are appropriate. He had put forward the idea that we may be taken over from within. And this would come about when the aliens have all the key people in all the right places throughout society. From the lowest janitor to the highest civil servant from teachers to captains of industry. If this is the case, then time is on their side. And we as a species have our heads in the sand. My biggest fear is that abductees could be used as a fifth column. And according to Britannica, fifth column refers to any clandestine group or faction of subversion agents who attempt to undermine a nation's solidarity. The fifth column is a group of secret sympathizers or supporters of an enemy that engage in espionage or sabotage within defense lines or national borders. So you're saying to yourselves, how can this be? Well, there is within each of us, that area that is hidden from consciousness is concerned and that other disassociated areas of consciousness may get quote unquote turned on. The abductee then goes out and does their abductor's wishes. Yep. this is where, I'm going to say it. You can't really laugh at the lizard people too hard.
1: No, you can't laugh at the the lizard Illuminati. You can't.
0: If, you really can't. Yeah. You know, because if someone is going to... This gets back to, well, Frank, you're saying if there's a secret. Yeah. But if we're not part of that species with the secret... Yeah. And can't communicate with them and don't know... You know, it, insects in our backyard have secrets that we have no idea about. Correct. Because we just... We're on two totally different platforms of reality. Yeah,
1: we're on two different planes. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And that's the same type of thing. Mm -hmm. And this gets into the whole They Live movie, Mm
1: -hmm. which if you
0: haven't watched the movie They Live, really recommend it. It's cheesy (laughs) and it's got one of the most terrible fight scenes ever, which Family Guy, you know, depicted with the chicken fight. But this isn't a far off thought if thinking about it. And this goes back to Dr. Lear's book. Mm Mm-hmm where he starts questioning the whole thing, like why the implants, why right. the abductions, why this stuff? And he's just trying to figure out why. And again, this is like a very rational doctor. This is the crazy part of it. Like you read this whole book of Dr. Lear and it's very rational. It's the surgeries, yeah. it's the facts, it's this, it's that, these moments, this is what happened. And he just, and then at the end, he saves this part. Which I just found remarkable. And, uh, and he's trying to figure out why these implants are taking place. And what he noticed was, is one of the abductees was pregnant. Yes. And she got abducted while she was pregnant. They went on a trip, uh, before the pregnancy got like really advanced mm-hmm. and the husband was like, let's take the kids out. Yeah. This will be the last time we get to do something like this. They have some sort of an abduction event. And they said that their child that she gave birth to a daughter is just super talented in all these ways, like very separate from the rest of the family. And they, they just agree with it. Like they just, you know, and it's their daughter. They Mm -hmm. love her and all that. But what Dr. Lear is getting at is our, our children becoming a different species Mm -hmm. and Uh, basically what he was talking about. Oh, where was it? Yeah. He said, I would approximate only about 15% of the abductee population has some form of implant. If these objects are a form of nanotechnology that convey information from the abductee to the adult abductor, then it is my opinion that only a small percentage is sufficient to allow significant data sample that is collected to satisfy their needs, which is like, if you get just too much data, you can't do anything with it. I understand that. I have come to believe that the knowledge they are obtaining has to do with the progress of our genetic changes. I truly believe these are not the same children as those born over 50 years ago and represent a new race of human. His studies have shown that in the past 40 years, certain childhood development traits have had their clocks twisted far out of proportion to the evolutionary timetable. Now, again, this is his words. I will now present a few examples of statistics to prove the point. Del- uh, developmental comparison in 1947. Uh, a child sitting with, uh, you know, uh, propping. Yeah. Six months. Two, turns head 45 degrees, six months. Responds to no, 24 months. Obeys commands, 60 uh, months. In 1987, sits with propping, five months. Mm-hmm. One month quicker. Two, turns head 45 degrees, two months, which is basically four months mm-hmm. quicker. Responds to no, eight months, um, which is compared to 24 months back in 1947 Mm -hmm. obeys commands, 12 months. Um, and the obeys commands before was, uh, 60 months. 60 months. Yeah. Now, granted, I'm going to be the devil's advocate and say that basically developmental knowledge of children has increased a ton Yes, and parents are doing things with their kids that, that they, they weren't doing before. That they weren't doing before. Mm-hmm. You got to kind of credit that a bit. Yes. However, you even look now, there's a lot of things that parents aren't doing with their kids that and the kids parents are used still, to do before. And, kids and they're are still, still doing, it. doing yeah. this. You know, there's a lot of parents that just shove a tablet in front of their kid.
1: Right. And just call say, it a day.
0: call it a day. I'm done with you right now. Mm-hmm. You need to do this for the next four hours or whatever. And The kid's just watching a tablet watching cartoons or whatever, Mm -hmm. not going outside and play things Mm -hmm. that, you know, these, you know, where they just keep kids home more than, than they used to. But in, in his big question, he goes, and these uh, above figures only represent a small portion of the 17 uh, functional growth characteristics that if uh, have, that he's graphed and studied, you know, he's talking about 17, Functional growth yeah. characteristics. I found that in my travels around the world that these figures remain constant. So it's not even just a national thing. Yeah. This is all over the globe. Yes. There's little doubt in my mind that this is a global condition, which in many ways elim- eliminates numbers of uh, environmental factors and points to direct genetic intervention. It's a strong statement to, stay, to say. Yeah. You know. And he says, please remember that these figures are only the tip of the iceberg. Think about the children you know and try and recall what phenomenal things they can do or have done. Think about what statements they have articulated to you that made you stand with your mouth wide open thinking, where did he or she get that from? Yeah. And Dr. Lear's statement at the time, again, he's no longer with us. The big question is, are our children a different human species? Who's to say? You stack all this stuff up together, and I'm not saying yes or no to any of these things, but the fact is, these are great questions. They are. And and you really got to, I'm a common sense person.
1: If you want to do the devil's advocate for the doctor, I don't know if you're aware, but there is an increased uh, condition where... When women are carrying their children, they're extremely ill, where it used to just be that first uh, trimester, the first three months, they would have the morning sickness. They're now having it throughout. Yeah. Uh, they're having extreme, essentially, issues carrying the child.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And it's, it's at a rate that's almost unheard of. Unheard of, of yeah. Even the... Prince William's w- wife, uh, oh yeah, the yeah, Duchess. Yeah, she had it with her children. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it's 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 well, becoming the much part more is, common. But
0: the tough if, part is, is we're more networked now than we ever were. We are. So you just don't know if that was something. You know, that's where you got to trust people. Like, like what he's doing, where he has access to all this information to right. harvest it in and analyze it. You know, I mean, we but might have if access. If you are to it, but...
1: carrying a genetically altered. child it's a
0: foreign body it
1: would explain why
0: you're having all these issues all
1: these issues and all these symptoms and it would also explain why medical science hasn't had enough time to develop you know proper treatments
0: no exactly exactly and and this is where i love doing this podcast Mm because like i want i remember we were saying this from the beginning we want to be able to talk about anything. Right, yes. Like nothing's really a taboo subject. Right, That's why yeah. we went this direction with, oh, the horror. Yeah. Um, so we could bring up topics like this and just have honest discussions about them. Yeah. And just maybe open minds up just a tad. to just consider the possibility of it. You don't have to buy into it and go and buy your tinfoil hat and go nuts with it.
1: Right, exactly. But
0: I would, like I said, out of all these books, I would recommend Dr. Lear's book first Mm -hmm. because it just goes right honestly into it from a medical perspective. Mike's book is great. Yep. Yvonne's, I read some of it, but I just, it was too much into the... The woo-woo. No, and I get like, that was her end, you know, but... But like I really respected Mike's book because he was one of the abductees. I mean, it's hard to just say this shit didn't happen to you. And then he starts going through with it. And then the weird part is is all these other abductees have the same stories. Right. The same accounts, the same instances. What gets me not just from being grabbed out of nowhere, but what happened, what took place. Yes. How it happened. The physical evidence. Their state of consciousness. Mm -hmm. Like I was awake but I couldn't control myself. Yes. Um, but they made me feel comfortable. They made me feel like nothing bad was going to happen. They all have these similarities, you know, Mm -hmm. and then you have the ones that stick out where they're like, no, I fight. Yeah, I fight and, you know, and I come back and I've got all these marks on me and cuts and all that stuff because they're trying to restrain her. It's a lab environment. Yes. And then, like I said, you, you start looking at it from a lab environment. It's like, okay, then why is this happening in this regard? Mm -hmm. It's not like they're trying to, chemically changed thing in the mind they're still kind of the same people yeah it's not like they're some Manchurian candidate no they, that gets they, directed with a whole different thing and like goes and shoots somebody or yeah. you know something so like that Pretty much all
1: they do is put in a mental block so that they don't necessarily remember that specific event yeah like they aren't wiping their memories
0: and then the thing is is like you bring in the thing with dr lear's talking about with the 17 characteristics and genetic yeah. mutation yeah. then you start looking back at the great leaps in mankind. Yes. Back in time. Yes. And you really got to ask yourself, what if? Yeah. What if that was just a nudge? Yeah. From another group of people. Yeah. Unknown of this earth, mm-hmm. you know. So you look at the the pyramids and that lifestyle yes. through there, that culture. You know, you go all the way from Cro-Mags to you know all that in just. Here was an, a little nudge. Here was another yep. nudge. Where did that nudge come from? Well, and let's just you look have at the, the
1: advancements in, say, the last 100 years.
0: that have what far
1: I'm, outpaced any advancements that we made previously. And
0: that's what I'm building up in conclusion. Yeah. It's like, you know, you and I, well, I'll just say me. I was born in 75. I'm 46. I've seen so much just going from 75 to now. Mm-hmm. But then I grew up with my great-grandfather, who was born in the late 1800s. Yes. And just hearing what has happened since late 1800s till now is insane. There's been more change in 100 years than there have been in hundreds of thousands of years on this planet.
1: Previously, leading up to it. Correct.
0: And you really got to kind of look at that for what it is. Yes. It's strange. It's weird. Yeah. Nobody wants to talk about it. No. No one does. No. And that, to me, is weirder.
1: Yeah. No, we just accept it and we move on.
0: Yeah. Like, it's just a natural. So accepting it
1: and moving on, what do we got coming up? Well,
0: glad you asked.
1: We have people who have disappeared and then reappeared. Like, when I say disappeared, for, like, extended periods of time.
0: Yeah. And some of them are.
1: Some of them are pretty compelling.
0: Compelling. Some of them are. Some of them. Not so much. Well, some of them are just your basic stories, yeah. but yeah, we thought we'd break off a bit and do the whole missing, uh, the missing and reappearing. Yes. It it got birth from two kind of ideas for us. Yes. Your brother sent us a story. He did. And then the whole recent, uh, thing with Gabby, um, Petito, Petito or yeah. I followed the story a lot in the beginning. You
1: did, you and, did. And um, um, unfortunately, she disappeared, but she did not reappear. She did alive. not
0: reappear. Unfortunately,
1: no, no she did yeah. not.
0: And um, and he disappeared, and didn't reappear either.
1: He did not. Weird, <laughs> right?
0: Yeah, and a lot of those stories are like that. But um, but yeah, we're we're gonna just kind of. Coming from something heavy like this, we figured we'd uh, just talk Lighten about it some up.
1: just a light
0: missing and reappearing Ish. stories, you know, and, and have some, uh, some human. I gotta laughs, tell you, but...
1: my first one, pretty freaking heavy.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but it's not about genetic mutation of the whole entire world. No, it is uh, not. Population, no, it's know.
1: not about uh, taking over the world from the inside. Yeah no, yeah. no, no, no. No, no, no. No, nothing like that. But,
0: um, yeah, no, thanks for, for listening to us. Uh, we, Love you and adore you, we do. And um, you know, we can't brag uh, enough about you. We cannot. And um, that lays the books for episode uh forty seven.
1: Correct. Yeah. Yeah.
0: We are uh, coming near the year.
1: We are of the
0: fifty two. We and are. We're very excited. That's a big landmark just for us. Gonna you know. have to
1: make a cake or something.
0: Uh we'll do something big on fifty two. We'll uh, we'll maybe do some
1: sparkling uh, uh grape juice
0: <laughs> maybe we'll do some maybe we'll do some video stuff where i don't know you know we'll definitely take pictures of dean uh sleeping next to us cuz that's where he that's where he always uh rests but but no we we thank a lot uh thank you a lot for for tuning in and definitely i would recommend um i'll put them in the show notes the books the books yeah it's definitely a topic to you know, if you're into the subject and never knew about it, oh, it's right up your alley. If you're not into the subject and you're curious about it, I'd recommend reading if it. If you're
1: not into the subject and you think we're full of shit, read Dr. Lear's book.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right.
1: Because at the very least, just look at it from the perspective of
0: a what medical if. practitioner. No, yeah. What if? Well, and that's what Dr. Lear presents. Yeah. He presents the idea of what if, and again, no one has the answers on this, but, but they're questions that you really have to take seriously. And you got a lot of people now that are looking at the whole COVID thing. They think that's all dovetailed in with all that stuff. Who knows? You don't know. You know, you just, you're, you're not going to know until it's required to know.
1: I, I know what I do know.
0: Rule number one, you know.
1: No Ouija boards.
0: How about number two? You know that one, Jen? No dolls. No douse?
1: Nope.
0: Number three? No capes. Four.
1: No blood rituals.
0: Five.
1: No cults, satanic or otherwise. Six. No apathy. You need to act to help enact positive change in the world or just let the aliens do it for you. Yeah. Just sit back.
0: So if you're in the northeast, stay warm because it's getting colder. It is. If you're down south...
1: Just, Lucky. just keep
0: doing what you're doing.
1: Keep which, on keeping it. Keep your bad on. Self. Yeah.
0: If, um, if you have any ideas for uh, things you'd like us to do, you can email us at OTH at seriouslydecent.com mm-hmm. and we'll get right on them. But uh, we are definitely uh, changing things up next year of how things are going. And those details will be coming in in the next, uh, we're going to pound that thoroughly uh, end of November and uh, all through December. The changes. So Why don't
1: we just do it in December.
0: You no. Know, well, no. It's just some brief announcements. Okay. That's all it is. And um, and I figure the more it gets repetitive, then people are going to realize they need it. Crinkle, crinkle, crinkle. I crinkle. need this cough drop. And I got to blow my nose. So with that, have a wonderful day, folks. Have a lovely week.
1: And make good choices. Take
0: care.